the baby comes and it's like an out-of-body experience almost while in your body. It's so full of love and so full of strength that I didn't know that I had. I came out of it feeling like a warrior. I welcome you to the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Oasa Holstein. I'm a Swedish midwife and also a very proud mother of three beautiful children that keep reminding me about what truly matters in life. The aim for this podcast is to give life to positive and empowering stories about birth. I think we need them, maybe more than ever. There is an absolute superpower in us that with the right preparation and support during birth can be released. All guests in this podcast are my own superheroes. In this episode, you will hear Alex telling us her birth story and how she, being a very organized person, approached her preparation for birth in that same manner. This is a podcast with women for women. Hi, Alex. Hi, Osa. Great to have you on the Positive Birth Story podcast. Thank you. It's really great to be here. So how would you describe yourself as a person? I'd say I'm pretty organized. Mm -hmm. I like to do my research. Um, I think it's fun. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as soon as I was able to Google stuff with abandon, uh, <laughs> I actually had to be stopped after a while because I was Googling too many Over-Googling. things. Over-Googling? <laughs> Over-Googling. There's a lot of information out there that's not really useful when you're pregnant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so has um, going through the process of birth changed how you look upon yourself? Completely. In what way? Completely. Well, now when I do something scary, like go to the dentist, I sit there and whatever they're doing to me at that time, like I had a root canal, mm -hmm. um, I was able to think back to my experience and go, well, if I gave birth, I literally can go through anything that life throws at me now because mm -hmm. I do have that strength. I do have that inner resolve to push through when I felt like I wanted to, this is the end for me. Mm. We should just stop now, mm -hmm. <laughs> push the baby back mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. But being mm -hmm. able to go through that, push through to the other side and, and find that inner strength, I mean, that is something that I will be able to draw from for the rest of my life. I'm really curious to know what made you reach out to me, willing to share your story. Well, I've just seen so many negative experiences shared and I w was so happy to see that somebody wanted to talk about something positive. I often feel that I I have a positive story and I feel almost ashamed to share it since there's so much negativity out there. You hear so many people talk about their struggles, how difficult it was, how horrible it was, how much pain they were in, how long it took. And when you have a story that you feel proud about, it feels almost like you should be quiet because let other people share their pain rather than their joy. So this is this is my mission about this podcast, because I've met so many women that say the same thing as you say now, that they feel ashamed about sharing their positive birth experience, which I think is so sad, because there's such an immense power in giving birth that we need to share. Exactly, so that you can come out of it feeling empowered and strong yeah. and in awe of yourself. Mm. Tell me a little bit more about what kind of preparation you did more than to Google I ordered a lot of books online, mm -hmm. and then I started doing a lot of reading, and f 
I knew that I didn't want to have a birth with uh, anesthetics or drugs. Mm -hmm. I wanted to try having a natural birth. Where did that come from, that wish? Well, we we grew up pretty, I would say, more on the hippie spectrum than mm -hmm. on the on the other straight and narrow. Mm -hmm. So we grew up with, uh, you should never take aspirin unless you really need it. You shouldn't take antibiotics unless you really, really need it. Mm. You should let the body uh, trust in itself mm. to repair itself. So I thought, well, okay. Looked into the different methods and found hypnobirthing, which would essentially allow you to give birth without having an epidural. So uh, how does hypnobirthing work? Hypnobirthing uh, works with uh, addressing fears, specifically around childbirth. Um, I have a lot of anxiety as a person, so I have been also investigating methods on how to, how to not be so fearful, and mm. that really spoke to me. Mm. How could you get inside yourself, calm yourself down, and have a happy, calm birth experience mm. and come out stronger at the other side? So how much time would you say that you put down every day or weekly during those months? The initial investment was a two-day course. And then after that, you were supposed to listen to the affirmations every night as you fall asleep. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was really easy. Mm -hmm. After the first time, the affirmation it goes on for about an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. But after the second or third night, you're asleep in five minutes. Okay. And it just plays to your subconscious. <laughs> so the hard work is over. <laughs> Uh, and then you have uh, pictures to put on the wall. One is of a, a baby in the correct birthing, ex birthing position. So head down, mm -hmm. butt out, mm -hmm. so that you're, you're visualizing every day your baby being in the right position. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's cool. It's supposed to minimize the, uh, I don't know what the correct word is, but the... The breech. The breech baby, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say butt baby. <laughs> <laughs> the butt baby. The breech babies can be born with breech first. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you had a list of 20 affirmations you're supposed to read daily. So you put mm. them over the sink so you mm. can read them while you're doing the dishes. Mm. And after a while, you've got them memorized. And it's just sort of a mantra mm. to calm yourself down. Some of the, the nice ones were, my body knows what it's doing. Mm. Baby knows what it's doing. This will happen naturally. Trust in yourself. Do you I, still use them? Uh, no, they've been lost somewhere in the moves. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think they could be useful throughout um, our whole lives. Like, I trust in my body, I trust in myself, I can do I this. I trust in nature. Yeah, I trust yeah. in nature, I'm strong. I'm capable. <laughs> I should try and find them. Yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should put them on the bathroom mirror so you can look at them when you brush your teeth. Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> you know, it's uh, what wires fires in the brain. So, yeah, okay. yeah exactly. So, so a lot of affirmations, a lot of meditations. And um, how, um, how did you work with your partner? What was, it, what was his role in the preparation? For my husband... He went through a lot of the pregnancy feeling useless mm. and just not knowing how to be supportive. Mm. And, I mean, obviously he did the dishes and the groceries and, you know, gave me back rubs when I needed them. But he wasn't doing the heavy work. He wasn't carrying the child. He wasn't going through the morning sickness, wasn't going through the changes. And so for him, it was a way to learn how to be a supportive partner, mm. how to be present at the birth and learn usable techniques mm. that would be pain relief. 
in a very practical way. Mm. So it was super helpful for him. And during the birth, uh, did you find the preparation you had done helpful? Absolutely. When my water broke, it was just after midnight and I was brushing my teeth. And I looked down and went, okay, now it's time. And I just kicked into gear. I sat down and I paid my bills. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was the what morning a of the 26th. Thing to do. <laughs> so did you hear that classic like popping sound when water broke? Like... I heard uh, or did you so, get, like a popping sensation in the body. A little bit of a popping sensation and then I was wearing tights because it was end of October mm-hmm. and my tights were wet, the floor was wet. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah, it was 100% sure this is what it was. <laughs> so there was no doubts. No, no, no doubts. Okay. Can you remember where you were? I was standing in my bathroom brushing my teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh we had finished watching a movie and it was It was quite late. I think it was after midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just I had been concerned I was going into labor a few days earlier, um, being hyper vigilant and aware of every little detail in the last couple of days. So, did you call the hospital right away, or how did you react? I... More than paying your bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we called the hospital. And they told us to come in at nine o'clock in the morning if nothing had changed. Mm. My husband decided to go to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried to go. Were to you bed. okay with that? Yeah, but I, I tried to go to bed as well. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having contractions, um, and they recommended sleep and lay down. And of course, brain is going, body is going. There was no way I was going to sleep. The three times I've been giving birth, I've always, when birth has started, I've become more like I don't know, euphoric maybe. Yeah, it really kind of was like a, a rush in my body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's oh. impossible to sleep, even though I, as a midwife, always say it's really good if you can sleep when birth starts. <laughs> Try to sleep as much as you can. <laughs> But it's it's super hard. I was so full of anticipation mm. that lying there was just, my brain was going 100 miles a minute. And so I, I don't know, no shit with that and got up and... I had been watching the Gilmore Girls series. Mm, during pregnancy or prior? During to? pregnancy, mm. um, because it's a very good series to have a nap to, mm. wake up to. Oh, why? And nothing has changed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you had been watching the Gilmore Girls, and was that what you did now? Did you put like on the Gilmore Girls? seasons or something. Yeah. So I went back to the living room and I turned it on again. Oh. Um, started doing some lunges. As they told you to do lunges to get the baby down the birth canal. Did you eat anything? <laughs> no, I wasn't hungry. Oh, okay, so you worked with the, no contractions during that night, and you. So they were... started to come slowly. Okay, yeah, but they were quite far apart still. Um, Can you remember now how they felt when they started? I was like a period cramp. Did you have it in your lower belly, or more in your lower back, or on both sides, or? It was a lower belly and lower back, mm. mostly for me. And how did you cope with those first menstrual cramp-like contractions? At first, it wasn't so bad at all. You see from the movies all the time that it's like the Bridget Jones's movie where all of a sudden she can't move. It's so painful. Um, I know. Those are the pictures we have, and it's not like that to give birth. No. Well, That's not for me we'll, anyway. No. no. It just it started to come on like a, a slow menstrual cramp, mm. and it wasn't so bad. Um So we waited until about eight o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and called a taxi. We lived four stories up with no elevator mm-hmm. and got in the cab and then it was rush hour. So 
had to sit in the cab for 45 minutes. How was that? I do not recommend it. Where were you, in the front seat or in the back seat? <laughs> in the back seat. Then the contraction started to get worse because I wasn't moving around. Mm. It was much easier when I started walking and it didn't feel so constrained mm. and so on to me the whole time. When you're walking around, you have the, the freedom to move. It's like mm. when you get a runner's cramp, it's better if you keep walking. Mm. So then we get there and they check us out and we had brought everything. Because in the movies as well, once you're in labor, you just get to stay. Mm. <laughs> so I wasn't dilated enough to be admitted at this time. But apartment that day, the whole building was scheduled to have a water change. So they had turned all the water off in our apartment building. Oh, what a bad timing. Extremely bad yeah. timing. So we weren't, we couldn't go back home because there was going to be no water, nothing for the toilet, nothing to drink. You know, it was just not a good idea. So we ended up going to the mall. The mall? Yes. Out in Denver. The shopping mall? The shopping mall. Yes. How often do the contractions come, you'd say, no? Oh, they were quite far apart at this okay. point. Um, so we, they told us to take a long walk and then come back. Now I'm starting to get hungry. Mm -hmm. So we walked there and the only thing open was the kebab. Oh. <laughs> so what, you had a kebab? I had the worst kebab of my life. <laughs> Uh, so the guy made it, and then my contractions just started coming. Mm. <laughs> so I'm sitting there trying to eat this kebab, and my husband took a picture of me, and I just look so sad. <laughs> oh, you look sad. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Because I normally love kebab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then, uh, yes, yeah, so after that, we walked and got a coffee where more water broke in the mm. coffee and shop. And you're still in the mall? We're still in the mall. Mm. Like, Are people looking at you at this point? At this point, I... Uh, I'm a heavily pregnant person moaning, so yeah. yes. <laughs> How was that for you? Could you relax? At that point, you don't care. Because for me, like thinking about it now, seeing you in my head, it feels a little bit stressful. Well, I had my husband. Do. Yeah. He was in charge. Oh. He was Rasmus in charge. So oh. we're getting a coffee now. We're walking here. Lean on me here. Take my hand. It, it was just something, okay, we're going to get through this together. And I, I just trusted that. him. Yeah, I love that. And then we walked back to the hospital. It still, I wasn't dilated enough at that point. So they sent us away again, and we decided to go home. I think this differs between different countries. But in Sweden, to be admitted to hospital to actually give birth, uh, there is kind of a rule that you have to be in active labor, which means that you have to be at least dilated three centimeters, usually. So and that was why you were sent home. Exactly. Yeah. And how was that? I was starting to get a bit tired at this point mm. because I still hadn't slept from the day before. Mm. Um, but we took the train home because mm -hmm. it was only 12 minutes on the red line. So no, you didn't take the cab. You took the train home. No way was I getting <laughs> back inside a cab. <laughs> It's good though. On a train, you can move more freely. You can move around um. and it was much quicker. Mm. So we get back, we walk up four flights of stairs and more Gilmore girls. No running water? No know. running water at this point, no. Okay. So um, no shower, no bath? No. No, okay. <laughs> so just Gilmore girls, that's good. No, um, and just some more lunges and we just waited. Mm. And we just waited. And of course I'm getting tired, but Rasmus is there, is giving me the pressure point massage on my lower back and helping and more doing family chat on WhatsApp and mm. just taking it easy. Mm. Did you feel secure and safe? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I had uh, fully trusted my husband at this point to take over. 
Uh, he was there just to make sure I was comfortable and to be the one to phone the hospital, to be the one making all the decisions at this point. Mm -hmm. And so we made the decision to go back in. This point, it had been almost 24 hours of mm -hmm. labor. That was quite long for the first baby, but not abnormal, I don't think. Probably differs from country to country, but in Sweden, it's like if you have a latent phase that's more than 20 hours, it's called prolonged. So, yeah. But, you know, sometimes it takes time for the body to know that it's in labor. Um, or maybe Alma wasn't ready. Yeah, maybe Alma no. wasn't ready. Yeah, that might be the case too. Uh, for Exactly, because you have to trust that the, the baby knows, knows what it's doing. The baby knows <laughs> usually and the body knows, yeah. So we decided to go back in and Rasmus wanted to call a cab. But I wanted to take the train. Again? <laughs> Again. <laughs> and how often did you have contractions now? Well, probably about every five minutes, okay. I would say. Mm -hmm. Do you remember <clears throat> if you had any contractions going to the train? Yes, it was difficult to get to the train. Okay. Yeah, we had, had to, to stop, stop and, and walk breathe. and stop and breathe. Mm -hmm. um, I started not to feel so well. Mm. In what way? I started to feel nauseous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my labor was progressing at this point. Mm -hmm. We're on the train. This is a Thursday night, I believe. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, I just started throwing up. Do you have anything to throw up in? Rasmus brought a plastic bag. Oh, was there a lot of people in, in where you were in the train? After I started throwing up, no. No, but before? <laughs> yeah. Except for one old man, he was sitting in the row beside us. Oh. And he refused to move and mm. just stared straight ahead. We like to think that he didn't want to embarrass me. <laughs> but I felt like a 16-year-old drunk for the first time. Mm. It's my first time throwing up in public. So. Mm. Uh, we got in there, and um, this time they admitted us. So we got into the delivery room, mm -hmm. and then they did another check and mm -hmm. said uh, that it wasn't quite ready yet. Um, so our options at that point were to go home again or to um, get a room at the baby hotel mm -hmm. that's attached to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so I was all ready to go home again, but Rasmus taking charge because I don't think I would have made it back. So we went upstairs to the hotel room where more contractions happened, faster contractions. I was still texting my family at this point, so it wasn't so terrible. And a little bit more throwing up because that's just active labor, and which was fine. At that point, you just go with the flow and you just let your body do what it has to be doing because the baby's coming out. And I remember lying on the bed and Rasmus massaging my back, pressing on the pressure points that he had learned at the hypnobirthing class mm -hmm. and just generally making me comfortable until the time that he decided enough was enough and now we're going to have this baby. Okay. <laughs> it's like a mini midwife. Exactly. I think he would be great. Um, so he called down to the nurses. They were there in about two minutes mm. in a wheelchair straight to the birth room. Once we got to the birth room, we met the two amazing midwives. They were so calm and professional and lovely. It was almost worth the wait I just remember the experience. The room was quite bright in the morning, and now it was, I think, around six in the morning. It was calm. They were very professional, and all of a sudden, okay, now this was happening. Contraction slowed off a bit. Um, we got some juice. 
I think Rasmus got a sandwich. Mm. Mm. It's a little break. A little break. A little restart, maybe. Exactly. Mm. We just walked around the hospital room. We did more lunges. Mm. We sat on the birthing chair, sat on the, what is that, bouncy ball? The Pilates ball? Yeah. Mm. That was, Did you like it? No. No, why not? <laughs> it felt like I was pushing the baby's head back in. Oh, because of the pressure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it felt very uncomfortable. Mm. Um, at one point... Did you stand up and lean towards Rasmus or the wall or... Yeah, no? yeah. Like we had had us in all those different positions where the partner can support you with your hands on his shoulder, mm-hmm. with turning around to face the same way. Um, we did a lot to try and get the to get Alma down the birth canal. Mm-hmm. And then finally they put me back on the bed where now it was time to do more lunges. And at this point I had started getting laughing gas. mm which Did was you like it? Fantastic. I like it too. <laughs> <laughs> After 40 weeks of completely being sober, it was fantastic. Um, so I inhaled quite a lot of it. So I then decided to make my own song. No, oh, you did? <laughs> Would you like to hear the song? Oh, I'd love to hear the song, of course. <laughs> <laughs> getting back in shape, getting back in shape. I'm getting back in shape, getting back in shape. <laughs> <laughs> So did you sing during the contractions or in between? Can you remember? While we were doing the, while we were doing the lunges. So it was... It sounds like you were having quite a lot of fun. We, that was definitely fun. It definitely was the most fun I had had in a while, I mm. think. <laughs> <laughs> and Rasmus patting my arm going, of course you're getting back in shape. Yeah. So, oh. And the, um, the midwives, were they in the room by now? Or were you working a lot with the contractions, just you and Rasmus? They were always there, mm-hmm. and they were very hands-on in a in a very polite way, mm-hmm. where I didn't notice them. So it was more instructing Rasmus how to be a supportive partner f- mm-hmm. for myself, which I felt was very nice. I felt that I was in control, that Rasmus was in control, and that somebody was guiding us through this process rather than forcing us through this process. So did you feel that your integrity was intact during the... The birth. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that is the thing that many women preparing for birth are afraid of, that they're going to lose their sense of integrity. We had written a list beforehand mm-hmm. about what we wanted, what we didn't want. And I felt a little bit silly when we gave it to the midwives. Oh, you did? Why? Because I felt like now we're in here, they do this every day for their job. I'm telling them how to do their job. Mm. But I, I guess in hindsight, it's more about how I want to be treated during their routine day. So these are my wishes. So they followed them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have an epidural. Um, They asked me and explained what they were giving me in terms of drugs and when and how and why. Mm -hmm. So that felt nice. Did you feel that you decided for yourself? When we were finally admitted and in the later stages of labor, absolutely. Mm. I feel like I was listened to, my wishes were respected, and I felt supported. Mm. What happened when it was time to start pushing? How did you experience the shift in contractions? Well, for one thing, I did not know that they turned the laughing gas off. Mm, they did? Yeah. How rude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have never done that. Apparently it makes you more aware of what's going on. It does. <laughs> and I have done it too. <laughs> so that got turned off. Um, and I was turned over, so I was on my back. Mm-hmm. In the bed? In the bed, mm-hmm. yes. And the intensity came where you really feel like you have to push. There's no doubt about it. Your body says, now, now is the time. 
Yeah. Did you find in uh, a shift in how you perceive the pain from like the opening contractions to the pushing contractions? Was it a different sensation in the body? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was an uh, incredibly tough sensation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in what way? It's like you almost leave your body in such a way because it is so intense and it's coming all the time and you almost feel like now it's fine if I die. Mm. But that's when it's that's when it's time. That's when the baby's coming. That's when everything's happening and you get to this point where you feel like you can't go on, but you do and you press through it and you have all these people there supporting you and all of a sudden the baby comes and they take it and it's this rush of hormones and this rush of empowerment and you feel so strong and capable and it's like a out-of-body experience almost while in your body. It's I can't even describe it properly, but it was one of the most intense things. It is the most intense thing I've ever experienced. I came out of it feeling like a warrior. Mm, you did? Yeah. Oh, cool. It's such an immense strength to give birth. It's painful, but it is at the same time so empowering and so so full of love and so full of strength that I didn't know that I had and I didn't know that I was capable of. And even to this day, it it astounds me that we're able to go through this, that we are so strong as women, that we have this power. Mm. And it's unbelievable. And then you forget the pain. I know, isn't it weird? (laughs) It's great. (laughs) But did you know prior to giving birth that this superpower strength resided in you? No, no, I I didn't. I wasn't fully aware that I could draw on that strength. Mm. So it was actually the first time you met it face to face. Exactly. Mm. Afterwards, I texted my two friends that were giving birth. Uh, Their due dates were two weeks after mine. I texted them like a crazy person. You guys, just wait. <laughs> You're going to feel amazing. <laughs> you don't know how much power you have. You don't know how how wonderful this experience is. It was incredible, like the shift in perspective that happened afterwards. Mm. So you were kind of high on birth. Oh, <laughs> completely. And yeah. not just on the laughing gas. <laughs> Can you recall the moment when Alma was born, when she came into the world? Well, she came out. They handed her to me, and uh, we hadn't found out whether or not she was a girl or a boy. Mm. And so the first thing I said was, what is it? (laughs) What is it? And Rasmus didn't know, and the midwives didn't know. They hadn't even checked. And so he had to go down in the blanket and check, and yeah, it was a girl. And so I was very happy. Um, I wanted a girl. And I remember this very clearly because Rasmus took a video. Mm. (laughs) From this very moment. From this very moment that we have. Everything was quiet. She was quiet and started to breastfeed. And you just sit back and you're like, what is this? (laughs) What has just happened to me? Uh, What have I done? And now you have this beautiful little baby that looks like a rat. It was magical. And then they come in with sandwiches Mm. and a little Swedish flag. So you talked about Rasmus helping you and being a very important person to you during birth. Well, in our in our daily relationship, I'm more the person making the plans, executing the plans, and kind of being the drill sergeant, I mm-hmm. guess. And what was really helpful for me was that when you go into labor and you've lost 
your external control. You're focused inwardly. You're focused inwardly on how you're feeling, the sensations you're feeling, what is going on inside with your body. Um, you need somebody to step into that leadership role. And I found that allowing him the space to take that on, it provided a, a, a safe space for me to relax. Mm. And that was really, really helpful. Did anything in how you reacted or behaved during birth surprise you? I was surprised by how obstinate I was being, mm. about how stubborn. I was also surprised by how much I could handle and how I was able to trust my body and how I was able to trust my baby and how I was able to trust everyone around me in order to make this situation calm and, and happy. And I was really surprised that I didn't have a complete panic attack and turn into a crazy person. Had you envisioned that? That was one of my fears, mm. that I would lose complete control and I would be so scared and I would be so nervous and I would be in so much pain and that I, like the movies, like you see where there's just so much fear surrounding birth and... I was just afraid that I was going to surrender to my fears. So I, I feel very happy that and very grateful that I had done the work beforehand and prepared and mm. prepared for all the situations. Yeah, because you had taken your fears seriously and yes. done the kind of preparation that was needed for you yeah. regarding what kind of person you are. <laughs> I wanted to know my yeah. options yeah. and know what each option mm -hmm. meant instead of having to decide in the moment. Yeah. So the more prepared you are, the better informed you are, and the calmer it's going to be. Mm. Did you ever feel connected to other women while doing it or in preparation for it? Well, at the hypnobirthing course, we saw a lot of videos about uh, women giving birth in streams. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in streams. Oh, yeah. I love those movies. And I think until you give birth, for me anyway, uh, once I've gone through the experience, I feel much more connected to other women that have gone through the experience just by by realizing how, how tough you, you are and mm. how tough everyone can be. What would you say was the single one thing that helped you the most to cope with contractions? Laughing yes. Laughing yes. When it got, when it got more intense mm. near the end. Um, that gave me a break. It gave me the time to focus. It took really took the edge off things, made things funny. Mm. Um, the other thing that really helped me to cope was Rasmus for sure. Having a supportive partner, having someone that has prepared with you, even if it doesn't look like your partner is preparing, I guarantee that he's doing his own research on the side. Mm. Um, that was That was super helpful to me, to have somebody that I could trust to be there with me. If there would be one advice or wisdom you'd like to share to women preparing for birth, what would that be? Don't Google. Says the Googling queen. <laughs> Have a trusted friend that you can text with your questions. Oh, that's good. Let her Google them for you mm. or him mm. and get back to you. Um, I find that the more we feed our fears, uh, the more that it becomes or it seems insurmountable. Mm. And the more that we trust in the process, trust in our body, trust that our body knows what it's doing, the easier it is. I find it very, very helpful to be prepared. Why do you think it's so hard for many of us to let go and trust the process? I think it's hard to trust yourself. And I think people grow up with a lot of 
fear and anxiety that they've inherited, um, a lot that they've been taught. And in order to get to a place where you can trust yourself and trust yourself so completely to do or like to ha give birth, have a baby. I mean, that requires you to, to let go mm. in so many ways. And you just have to let go and trust that it's going to work out. And for someone like me, uh, that always, you know, has to be researching and doing and making a list and having it go the way that I want it, letting go and trusting the process, uh, that was difficult. But I feel like ultimately it was really worthwhile in mm. in how how the process ended up going. Is there anything that you could compare giving birth to? The only thing I've done physically that was as not even physically as hard as this, but I at one point in life was trying to train for a half marathon, mm. and that took a lot of physical and mental preparation. It didn't prepare so much for the physical aspect mm -hmm. of giving birth. That I don't. I don't know if that's really possible. I mean, if you have no experience of it, it's a sensation unlike anything I've ever felt, and it's not something that you have any control over. It's more the mental side that you have control over. That's where you can prepare. You can prepare by reading literature. You can. Prepare by watching videos of women giving birth in rivers if you really want to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you can prepare by taking care of your fears. Mm. And so I think that's the training that really helped me and really made it possible to have a calm and happy birth. So would you say there is a myth about childbirth that you'd like to kill? I would say it is possible to have fun. It is possible to laugh. And it is possible... To be calm and centered and, and have the birth that you want to have. I mean, of course, there's always something that could happen, but there's also the, the possibility to enjoy yourself with your partner and, and welcome this absolute miracle that comes into your life. I mean, if you had told me that before, if I had listened to myself now, I would not have believed it for a second. Thank you so much for telling your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a great honor to have you here. Well, thank passing you. Passing on your story to other women preparing for birth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife Wasa Holstein. And thank you from the depths of my uterus, Alex, for sharing your power story with us. I love the sense of humor that Alex brought into her birth. I know it can be a super helpful way to cope with contractions and the whole process. And also when we laugh, the body will release endorphins, the body's own morphine. Pain can be reduced and at the same time, the pelvic floor will relax because of us laughing, allowing the baby's head to descend. Yeah, many good things at the same time. This story has now got an eternal life and will be passed forward in aim to help other women in their preparation for birth. Just plain awesome, if you ask me. If you want to read more about me and this mission of mine, go to thepositivebirthstorypodcast.com. To be sure that you don't miss an episode, do subscribe. And in the case you have enjoyed this episode and feel like you want to contribute to a good cause, please reach out to one of my favorite organizations of all times, Doctors Without Borders, and support them in the important and life-changing work they do for women and babies around the world every day. May the force be with you and I hope you will come back for more episodes. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.